does this shirt make me look like a UPS driver? Steve told me I look like a UPS driver. A little side gig. Well, good morning. If I've never met you, my name is Scott. I have the privilege of teaching God's Word this morning and being the pastor here of Novation. Good morning to everybody that's watching online. How many you know that you have the gift of sleep? You can sleep. Like if there, you didn't have to get up or an alarm, you could just sleep. I want to see your hands because we're jealous. We're, the rest of us are jealous. Um, they had the youth lock-in Friday night. There you go. Someone's fired up. How about no sleep, right? No sleep for these guys. The, I, I paid my dues as a youth pastor back in the day in those all-nighters, but Mark will probably come around and come to him and Tom and the rest of our, our leadership. But um, sleep's a funny thing because as we read in that scripture that, that Josh read, God doesn't sleep. He doesn't get tired. That makes him so different from us. Sleep's a humbling thing that we, we need sleep to exist. And God never sleeps. He never needs rest. That's amazing to me. I looked up the longest period of time that someone stayed awake that they know. In the early 1960s, a guy named Randy Gardner, he was 17 at the time, he stayed awake 11 days and 20 minutes. I bet the brother was tired. <laughs> he is exhausted at the end of the day there. Well, we're in this new series we kicked off last week, Longing for Rest. Longing for Rest. We did the book of Genesis and Longing for Eden. And as we travel with, with Moses and the children of Israel, those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, the book of Hebrews chapter 4 says they were longing for rest. And that that rest now can be found for us that follow Jesus. That that true rest, spiritually speaking, is found in Jesus. The calling of Moses as the deliverer of the children of Israel is is amazing what he was called you know, to do. If you remember the setting at the end of Genesis, Joseph's in Egypt, and there's a famine in the land. So Joseph's family come, and they are under the favor of the Pharaoh at the time. And then Joseph dies, and the new Pharaoh comes in, and he doesn't like the Hebrew people. And they're enslaved, and um, it's, it's funny when you read in Genesis, God actually told Abraham that that was going to happen. There would be a 400-year enslavement of his people, but that he would deliver them. And Jesus is the ultimate deliverer. Moses is a, a Christ-like figure in, in the deliverance piece, but Jesus, he delivered us from our enemies of sin by nailing it to the cross. He delivered us from the power of death through his resurrection and he delivered us from the evil one by stripping away the evil one's authority. So we have ultimate deliverance. Today, I want to talk about how do we lead like Moses. Moses had an incredible calling, but Moses also had issues that, that tried to trip him up. He wasn't a good communicator. He had insecurities. So a lot of us can probably relate to Moses and his, his struggles. But in the book of Hebrews, they highlight his life. They highlight the life of Moses, his leadership. And you might be thinking, why do I need a message on, on leadership? I'm not a leader. You are. 
Every single one of us is a leader to some degree. If someone's calling you dad, they're calling you mom, teacher, coach, manager, whatever it is, we all, grandma, grandpa, we all have leadership. So it says in, in Hebrews 11, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. We see in the life of Moses a, a, somebody that there's things in his life that all of us can emulate in, in leadership. And I'm going to give you three things and then talk about these, these three simple points. The first one, to lead like Moses or to lead well, exercise courage. It takes courage to lead. As we read, it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and he chose. He refused and he chose to share in the oppression of God's people. I think that's, there's a lot in that that we could just blow by if we don't kind of pause and think through the life of Moses. Moses overcame the negative experiences of his past. He had to overcome the negative experiences of his past. If you think about the first four chapters of Exodus, Moses, you know, his, his mom puts him in a little wicker basket and floats him into the Nile River, hoping that he would escape the oppression, that her child would escape the oppression of that. So not really knowing who he was, being raised in Pharaoh's house, um, he probably had a little bit of identity crisis. And you see that begin to grow in the life of Moses. One time he sees an Egyptian being harsh to one of his fellow Hebrews, and he kills him. He took matters in his own hand. Then he got threatened, and he had to run, and he went and hid in the wilderness for 40 years before God ultimately calls him to be the deliverer of Israel. So because we're all called to lead, we're all going to find ourselves confronted with a choice. And that choice is, am I going to renounce the past? Am I going to renounce the negative things that have happened to me in the past, the, the negative experiences? And I wonder if you were to be honest with yourself, what part of your past hinders you today in, in maybe being a leader? Sometimes you get a message growing up that, that you're worthless. If your dad or somebody told you you're worthless, that could stick with you. It, it gets on your, your, your little kid heart, and then we act it out as adults because we're still trying to prove ourselves to everybody because someone gave us the message that maybe we were worthless or an inconvenience or something. Moses had to exercise courage because Moses was born into uncertainty. How many know we're living in some uncertain times? It is. But it's always uncertain because none of us really control much of our circumstances. We control our response to circumstances most of the time. Uncertainty is the breeding ground for fear. 
Not knowing, being uncertain causes fear to rise up in us. Another way Moses had to exercise courage was Moses was raised in luxury. You might be thinking, well, that would be fun to be raised (laughs) in luxury. But the reality is he broke away from living high on the hog in the king's house to obey God's calling and to be with his, his people. Comfort and luxury can give us a a false sense of hope, a false sense of security. Comfort's really the enemy of courage, of acting courageously, because we do not naturally leave the safe and comfortable, you know, behind to go do something courageous. I was thinking about the Great Depression, if you've ever read about that. In the late 1920s, when the stock market just collapsed and everything turned upside down, you had people who went from living in luxury to having nothing. I mean, just overnight that happened. And in those types of moments, you find out what your hope really is in. You find out what we're really building our life on. Growth happens when we exercise courage instead of playing it safe. So God might be asking you to be a courageous parent to be a courageous spouse, employee, whatever, do something in ministry to be, act in courage. When you step out, you will grow. And towards the end of Moses' life, when after this 40 years of wandering uh, was coming to an end and entering into the promised land, he commissioned Joshua to take the children of Israel into, into the promised land and, and says this, Then Moses called for Joshua. And as all Israel watched, he said to them, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors he would give them. You are the one who will divide it among them as their grants of land. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. What a commission. What a commission to see this torch being passed from Moses to Joshua. And his whole point is be courageous. Have courage. Years ago, I was uh, reading a magazine. It's, It's a magazine called Hooked. And it's about people who do these extreme stunts or extreme sports, jumping out of planes, all kinds of crazy things and their theme in in their magazine is it's not how long you live but how well you live that matters most that sounds pretty christian to me it sounds pretty much a follower of jesus it's it's not how long we live but it's how we live that matters most but i i got a couple pictures for you of some people doing some crazy stuff hold that for a second that dude is jumping into a cave that goes down about a thousand feet. <laughs> just, just jump out. Hey, let's go into the dark, right? He's got a parachute. And then the next one, same thing. Who's ready to do that? I didn't see one hand go up. Next one. Look at them. Hey, going backwards. Like you have to be extremely courageous or nuts to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I would not want to do it. I'm not signing up for that. But I want you to keep those pictures in your mind for a second. These people took a plunge, so to speak, into something seemingly scary. Where, where in your life 
Do you need to jump? Take the plunge. Is it in your spiritual life, in your discipleship to Jesus to say yes? That I'm going to follow him with all my heart and I'm going to be courageous and I'm not going to, you know, get sucked in to the things of the world and the selfishness of the world? Is it relationship that do you need to take a plunge in? Somewhere we're all being called to act courageously. Courage, you've heard before, is not the absence of fear, but it's the willingness to persevere in spite of having fear. That's what courage really is. Second thing, embrace humility. Embrace humility. We exercise courage and then we embrace humility. I think humility is the key to any good leader, that you walk with humility. It says that he thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. Instead of worrying about his reputation, instead of worrying about his comfort, he exercised humility. A couple things about this. Moses overcame the disappointments of the present. He overcame the disappointments in his present life that he, we saw him as you read through his story. Disappointment's common to all of us. We've all disappointed ourselves, disappointed others, or, or we've uh, been disappointed by others. It's, ha- it's a common part of being hu- a human. There's two effects that can happen from disappointment. It can be a negative effect and become crippling, or it can be a positive thing where it becomes motivation. When we fail, when we blow it, instead of feeling sorry for ourselves or having self-pity, we're motivated to be better. You know, an, an example could be, you know, in, as a parent. If you blow it as a parent, you can not take responsibility for it, point the finger somewhere else, or you can say, you know what, this is going to motivate me to be better. I'm going to become a better parent, a better person. You can fill in whatever example you want there. It says in Numbers 12:3. now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on earth. You want to hear something funny? Moses wrote that. <laughs> That's funny. But if you don't understand the context of, of why he wrote that as he told the story, then, then it seems like, because if you say you're humble, you're not humble anymore, right? I'm so humble. Nope, you're just immediately disqualified from, from being humble. God was sticking up for Moses when Moses wrote this in this chapter. His wife, and I believe it was Aaron or somebody else, was basically talking behind Moses' back and just saying, you know, questioning his leadership. God can speak to us too, and so on. And God, that's when God speaks up and has, has Moses' back. So he was disappointed there. Another thing is Moses was disappointed with himself. You ever been disappointed with yourself? You look in the mirror and go, man, I really blew that. I really failed there. Moses had several failures, several times in his calling where he blew it. But he humbled himself and he stayed humble before God and before others. I don't know where I got this, but humility is the remedy to failure. When you humble yourself after a failure, when you take responsibility for your life and choices, take responsibility for your failure, you'll grow. Humility is the key to leadership. 
And then Moses was disappointed with others. He felt the sting of rejection. Not going to have you raise your hand, but we've all been rejected or felt rejected by somebody. Sometimes in really vital relationships, we've experienced rejection. Humility is the answer to rejection. Humility is the answer to rejection. Our fear of rejection comes from evaluating ourselves on the opinions of others or the approval of others. I know for me, I'm an approval addict. I'm not a, I'm not a, a people pleaser. People pleasers change their behavior or change what they want to do in order to make somebody else happy. An approval addict's going to do what they're going to do. They just want you to like it. And that's, that's the truth for, for a lot of folks. But if we evaluate ourselves on the opinion or approval of others, we're going to feel the sting of rejection. When you look at the, the life of Jesus, who was rejected everywhere, and then, you know, ultimately betrayed and abandoned, he felt that, and he's on the cross, dying for us, dying for humanity, the very people who were mocking him and, and so forth. And it says in First Peter that as they were humiliating him, he didn't retaliate, but he entrusted himself to his Father. That's what you and I need to do in the midst of rejection. Find your identity in, in Jesus who will never, ever abandon or reject you. We can't lead people when we need them, when we need their approval. Because when you're leading somebody, you're not always going to make them happy. They're not always going to want to follow what you're asking them to do. Jesus knew that rejection, and he, he responded with humility. Exercise courage, embrace humility, and then lastly, expand vision. Expand vision. It says, for he was, Moses was looking ahead, that's vision, to his great reward. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who's invisible. <clears throat> Moses overcame the uncertainty of the future. Vision causes you and I, when we have God's vision, causes us to look into the future with courage and with faith. How many want to look into this uncertain future with courage and with faith? Are you with me? I do. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to trust Jesus in this. You ever, I, I probably told you this story a lot, but the story of the lady who swam the English Channel, she was going to uh, go from England to France and swim the whole thing. And she got about 90% of the way. And she couldn't do it anymore. And obviously had a boat following her. And she got out of the boat and they said, well, why'd you quit? You, you were so close. She said, with all the fog and everything, if I could have seen the shoreline, I would have made it. In other words, if I would have had vision, I would have, I would have been able to accomplish this great feat. God doesn't require great skills. He requires faith and obedience. He doesn't need our gifts and our talents. He needs our faith and our obedience. And then put it back into his hands and watch what he can do in and through us. I talk to pastors all the time. Pastors of big churches, medium and small churches. In this whole post-COVID world, they all say the same things. 
that participation in the local church is down like, like never before. And finances are down like never before. Can I just challenge us? Let's don't be like other churches and all the other churches. Let's stay focused on the mission and the call that God has for us as a church. There's so many stories in this room of changed lives and relationships, and we have something that's beautiful that people are longing for, this community, what's going on across the street. People are longing for for relationship. They're longing for Jesus. They're longing for the very thing we have and that we excel at, and that's community at this church. Let's don't pull back. Now is not the time to pull back in our participation. And I'm not talking about just coming on Sunday morning. I'm talking about being together, being in a home group, praying for one another, caring for one another. And in the area of finances, it's not the time to pull back. It's time to trust God more than ever. This is the one area in all of Scripture where we're told to test God. That when there's difficulties going on, there's famines, trust the Lord, keep bringing the tithe into the storehouse. So when it comes to, to New Testament generosity, it's about consistency and cheerfulness. Give consistent, give cheerful. Start somewhere. And this isn't the pastor begging for your money. It's for you. Because there is a law of sowing and reaping. And that Paul talks about that when it comes to generosity. To sow, sow into his kingdom, sow into what he's doing. There's more work for us to do. I believe the harvest is ripe. We need harvesters. We need people to do God's work. A couple things about vision. Vision is the conviction of what could and should be. Vision keeps people up at night, wakes them up at night, and you start thinking about, man, what could be in my life? What could be in my neighbor's life? What could be in my family? A conviction of what could and should be. Vision is the ability to see solutions rather than problems. Yeah, we can all diagnose problems. Are we willing to be the solution to the problem? And then vision is the ability to catch a glimpse of what God wants to do through your life. Catch a glimpse. What does God want to do through your life? I don't care how old you are, how young you are, your life counts, it matters, and it can have impact. God created us with this need of significance that won't be met unless we're finding that significance in God first. And then allowing Him to work through us to have impact relationally on the lives of others and through the gospel, through the good news. If you've never trusted Jesus, if you've never agreed with Him that He is Savior, that He is Lord, then do that today. Put your faith in Him. Hand the keys of your life over to Him. I know for the first 25 years of my life, I made a mess of my life trying to, to be the boss of my own life. And I screwed up at every, every opportunity. But then once I followed Jesus, life didn't get easier. But now I got someone else driving. And it's Jesus. He's the one. And his life, the way he tells us to live, is the best life there is. There's no better life. It's not the easy life. He didn't say, take up your easy chair and follow me. He said, take up your cross. And that's self-denial. 
But that's a beautiful life, and that's going to be a life that's well spent. We're going to sing a song, and I want you to reflect on the words. And maybe the Lord's challenging you, you know, to exercise more courage, to be, pursue humility, and to expand your vision beyond what you can see. Ask Him for a vision. If you don't feel like you have a vision for where you're at in life, ask Him. He'll give it to you. He's with you. He wants you and I to experience His power. So reflect on these words. Maybe write something down that He might tell you. And then let's act on it in faith. Amen. You may stand and worship. Call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, in oceans deep, my faith will stand.
feel led for us before we leave here to do something that might feel just a hair scary for some of you but I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit and what I feel he's saying to us I feel like what we're supposed to do with a few minutes that we have remaining as Josh just keeps playing is pray over each other and ask God to impart fresh vision. If you're here with your spouse, you're here as a family, you have a friend that's here, whoever you're with, let's take a minute and let's take some courage and let's pray over one another to, for God to expand and impart vision for our lives and for you as a couple, a family, as a follower of Jesus. Can we do that? Is that a yes? Okay, why don't you take a minute and just turn and, and, and with your families, couples. If you're by yourself, feel free to join in with someone. And just impart vision. God wants to impart vision.
beautiful thing to witness the tears the love God's doing something and he want, he's always asking us to just partner with him keep praying for each other pray for your spouse your family your friends your home groups God's got a word for you I mean no we need that right now we need this encouragement and the world's beating us down left and right we're his people and the joy of the Lord is our strength his joy not joy like the world gives that's based on circumstances but the very joy from a joyful God is ours and the peace of God so may the Lord bless you and keep you make his face shine upon you give you his rest may you walk in his grace may you walk in his authority and power May we walk in humility before our creator and our sustainer and our redeemer and our savior. May your relationships be blessed with love and grace, healing, forgiveness. May your conscience be clean because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. Shame has no place in our lives as we walk with him may the grace of the Lord Jesus the love of God the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore in Jesus name Amen